Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about shaping your life through attitude. Shaping your life through attitude. If you get what I'm going to talk to you tonight about, it's going to be life-changing for you. Now, when I talk about shaping your life, um, you know, you have the ability through the Word of God and by the Spirit of God to allow your life to become shaped or patterned in a certain way. And I began to think about that because that title was just dropped down into my spirit And when I did, I began to think about the scripture in Jeremiah. And you're probably familiar, many of you would be, maybe not, but you can read it. I think it's Jeremiah 13. And over there, it talks about the potter. And the potter took a lump of clay and he put it on the potter's wheel. Now, something that you must recognize and realize, do you know who the potter is? the one who shapes and molds, it's the Lord himself. It's Jesus Christ. It's our Father God. And he is the potter, and you and I are the clay, which means we can have our life shaped and molded to be like the Lord, to experience life from the perspective that God's Word gives to us, or if you don't want that, and if you don't, sometimes if you don't know it, if you're in ignorance, but many times people know it, but they don't do anything to change it. They don't do anything to allow the potter to shape and mold their life. We choose our own way many times, and because of it, we go through a lot of difficulty. Life can be full of difficulties. I'll I'll be the first to say that. But we, in many instances, can bring the difficulty on ourselves. Did you know what I'm talking about? You know that that's true. You look back on your life, and you see the decisions that you made and the things that you did in your life Uh, it it caused difficulty. And then the devil comes in and he tries to make things difficult for the people of God, the ones that are serving God. But here we have the potter who is our father. And then we have the clay, which is us. And the Bible says that that potter took the clay and he began to shape it and mold it into, now listen to this, he began to shape it into another vessel. When we come to the Lord, our life has to be shaped into another vessel. Because when we come to the Lord, and even after we come to the Lord, there there are things that happen in our life and they can shatter our life. They can be overwhelming. They can be distressing. And before you know it, the pottery that we are, there's flaws and cracks in it. And he has to put us on that wheel and he has to begin to shape us and mold us into another vessel. And when he shapes us into this other vessel, it's a vessel that's washed in the blood of Jesus. It's a vessel of honor and not dishonor. And you see what happens, the enemy wants to tie all these things onto our life and attach them onto our life. The failures, 
the abuse, the rejection, all the things that we felt and experienced in life that caused the flaws and the cracks and the mess to be in our life, God said, hook up to me, get on that potter's wheel. See, he's not going to make you get on there. He's not making you get on the potter's wheel. You'll get on it through submission and humility to the Lord and to his purpose and to his word. And then he will make you and shape you into another vessel. I can tell you tonight as I stand before you, I have been shaped and molded into another vessel. And there have been times in my life that I've experienced things. And when I experienced them, I felt like a broken person. You know what I'm saying? You understand that. Many of you, you know what I'm talking about. And you feel like a broken person. Because, but I submit myself to the Lord. I get on that potter's wheel and I say, Lord, you help me. I feel broken. I feel like I can't go on. But you know what? I can. Because He is shaping me, He is molding me, and He is making me into another vessel. Amen? So we're talking about shaping your life through attitude. And we get on the potter's wheel and God begins tonight to talk to us about our attitudes. I tell you, your, your attitude is shaped in, in many different ways. And your attitude can be shaped by the failures in your life. The attitude can be shaped through the upbringing that you had. The attitude can be shaped through bad experiences in life that you've had. And so you have to do some things to counter that, to keep your attitude in the Lord and, in, and, and based on the Word of God. I tell you, you know, so many people can sit under the Word. Eddie and I were talking about this, and, and believe me, you, we, we think about this, and we see people that come in to our church, and being your testimony this morning is one of that. You come into our church, and there's things that are going on, and you need the Lord, and you need a touch from God. And then what happens? You sit under the Word of God, and then all kinds of good things begin to happen because there's truths that come to you. Light is shed in different areas of your life, and you realize things that you didn't realize before. And before you know it, that old attitude can be pushed away and you put on a new attitude. You receive an attitude. Allow this mind or this attitude to be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And so you need to have the right kind of attitude. You know, someone said attitude determines your altitude. And I really believe that. What does that mean? If you have the right kind of attitude in life, and I'm not just talking about in certain, certain settings. I'm talking about in every setting of your life. If you have the right attitude, it will raise you up. It will lift you up. It will give you altitude that you can soar the way that God wants you to soar in life. Now, when I talk about that tonight, I just want to tell you I'm not indicating in any way that Life is not difficult because it can be persecution can come for the Lord and for uh, living a right kind of life. All kinds of things can happen. So I'm not telling you, you know, that if you have the right kind of attitude that everything's going to be easy and breezy because that's a lie. 
And I sure haven't experienced that, and I don't know anybody who has, but the people that have the right kind of attitude that is imparted by the Lord, that comes through the Word of God, they live a better quality of life, and they experience the blessings of the Lord. I'm going to tell you, let the attitude be in you that comes from Deuteronomy 28 that says when you are in Christ, you are blessed with faithful Abraham. Did you know that? You are blessed, not cursed. It tells you what the curse looks like. Jesus redeemed us from the curse. Read Deuteronomy 28. It's very important to to you to know that, what the curse is and what the blessing. You're blessed coming in this place tonight. You're blessed going out. When you go to work, when you come out of your house and live in your house, you are blessed in that place. You are not cursed. You remember how the blessing and the curse... You know, it, 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 it was demonstrated, you know, and, and uh, God said, uh, one group of you go over here on, on Mount Jerusalem and the other one on Mount Ebal, and, and it, we're going to indicate the people that are over here, they're of the blessing, and the people over here are of the curse. He wanted it to be so straight forward. If you serve God, if you do what He tells you to do, if you obey the Scripture, you are blessed. And everything you put your hand to is blessed. Well, I don't feel blessed. Well, I don't look blessed. Did he say you were blessed? Then put that in your mouth and say it. What he says about you. You are blessed. And the devil can... Well, you're cursed. Look at this. Look at that. No. If you're in Christ, you are blessed. And so you got you to see it. And you got to act like it. And I'm going to tell you, you're talking about a changed attitude. It can change, totally change your attitude. I mean, some people have a nice, even disposition. They're negative all the time. You understand what I'm saying? Have you ever been around somebody like that? You know, it just, I just have to when that, yes, but... You haven't thought about this? Yes, but. You know, you got to counter it. If you sit under that and, and are friends with somebody like that and they're critical and judgmental and negative about everything in life, don't you think that it's not going to rub off on you? It's going to get on you and you're going to become just like them. That's why I don't spend that much time with somebody like that. Now, will I minister to them? I'm not too good to do that. Will I try to help them? But I'm not living... In bad attitude land. Get out of the land of bad attitude and get over into the land of good attitude and being positive upon the Word of God. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Hallelujah. And so that is the place that we need to be. And so when I say your attitude determines your altitude, see, somebody can look. This just happened to me. This just happened to me. And, and you know, uh, I had prayed about something, I sought the Lord about it, and it was in mine and Eddie's personal life, and have been believing for it. And the enemy came, and it's like, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. This happened uh, in two ways. Two ways. This happened two times. 
one right after the other concerning two different things. And I tell you, when I heard it, I said, well, you know what? I don't know how God's going to do it, but he's going to do it. Now, I could have said, oh, woe is me. I knew it wouldn't happen. I knew that couldn't happen. But you know what? I'm programmed by the Word of God. My thinking has been updated by the Word of God. And I determined, you know what? This may not be the way that God is going to take care of that. But you know what? He will take care of it. See, you can choose how you're going to respond when negative things happen in your life. And you can get the right kind of attitude, and you can bring yourself up higher. Amen? All right. So when I talk about you, your attitude determines your altitude, that means you're going to rise, you're going to be elevated, and you're going to go into another zone. And it won't be the twilight zone either. All right, we rise above our circumstances when we have the right kind of attitude. We elevate our position in life. You don't like where you are? Allow God to elevate you out of that through the principles that are found in the Word of God and get your attitude and keep your attitude the way that it needs to be. And then you get in this blessing zone that I was talking about tonight. If you obey God's Word and you love Him, blessings belong to you. And when I say that, I don't back up a minute. I don't apologize for it. Well, blessing, blessing, blessing. That's all you people talk about. Well, why am I going to talk about the curse? There's plenty of the curse out there to go around. Let everybody else enjoy that. I'm going to have the life of God and the blessings of the Lord. So, you know, just let people talk disparagingly about things like that if they want. They can go ahead and do that, and I'm going to be in the blessing zone. How about you? Okay, attitude isn't everything. Now, listen to this. Attitude isn't everything, but it's the main thing. It's the main thing. And when you talk about your attitude, it has to do with your manner. It has to do with a disposition, a feeling with regard to a, a, a person, especially of the mind. It's, it has to do with the mind when we're talking about attitude. It's a mental outlook. Your attitude is a mental outlook. I'm going to tell you something, and this happened in here, and it's happened more than one time. Are you listening? Yes. Are you bored? No. Well, if you are, I'm just going to come out here and preach right in your face. What do you think? <laughs> no, I won't do that. But anyway, I have preached and been preaching on, uh, you know, God's increase. You know, the Bible says He increases you more and more. You tie the opens up the windows to heaven. You give, and John talked about it tonight, and He'll give back. And so God has got that financial increase and blessing for God's people. And I mean, immediately when I finished, and I think it's the devil. He has people come up to you and they start telling you how they're failing, how they live in poverty, how they're living in a place that's poverty-stricken, and all the people around them are poverty-stricken. And you know what I want to do? I just want to have a big shout and say, Bless God! The Word of God's going to come into that mind in Jesus' name. Didn't hear a word I said. And you can sit under the Word week after week, and you can have a bad attitude and, and be unchanged, mere unchanged men. 
if that's what you want. Or you can let the Word of God change your attitude, change your mind, change your life. And I choose that. I'm going to tell you, I remember, it's been a lot of years ago now, probably like in 1976, and I remember I heard a man of God preach the Word of God for the first time. Now, I'm talking about faith and, and what God has done. I heard about salvation. My dad preached about salvation, you know, in that church that I was a part of about the coming, second coming of the Lord. I knew all that and I'm thankful for that, but I had no idea of what God had for me and what he wanted to do in my life and through my life. He wants to use you, but if all you can do is you're for and no more, you're never going to reach outside of that. You got to reach outside. Well, I heard this preaching and I'm telling you, when I heard it, it was like, Eddie and I, we, we were like two kids in a candy. If this is true, what in the world have we been believing? I can remember that, laying on my couch. You know, Eddie was on one end, I'm on the other, stretched out, you know, listening to that. And I'm thinking, my goodness, that's the Word of God. And I had eyes to see and ears to hear for the first time. And I'm going to tell you, I started on that journey and I haven't gone back. Now, I'm going to tell you, run into obstacles, run into barriers, run into people that didn't believe it, run into people that wanted to stop it, run into the devil who didn't want you to preach it, didn't want you to tell people, because God told us. He said, when you start that church, you teach people to prosper. Spirit, soul, and body financially, and in every way. And I cannot tell you how many people don't like that, and they didn't want us to do it. And they probably still don't, but it's too late. God has taken us on. Amen. Amen. You just stay back there in the back in the cursing zone. We're going forward to the blessing zone. Amen. But I'm telling you, you know, I was telling you about the uh, people that will come up after you just preach that. After you just preach it. And telling you the way they're living and how things are now. Am I saying that those things don't go on? Yes. There's been plenty of times that I've had opportunity to just look around at circumstances and say, well, I guess it's not true. But you know what? I don't do that. Because I know whatever situation I am in, Jesus Christ is my deliverer and he will bring me out. This too will pass. I know that. Amen? So, you know, when we're talking about attitude, it, again, it has to do uh, with um, regard to your mind, specifically your mind and mental outlook, okay? So I want to go from there, your perspective or your standpoint, really, too. Now, I want you, if you will... Um, to just think about this, five areas that will sink, bring down, or shipwreck your attitude. Are you ready for these? Five areas that will cause shipwreck to your attitude. Number one is fear. You got to deal with fear. I've, I've told this before in past, that was one of the things from being a little child, I've had to deal with fear, but thank God, no more. 
because I got the truth of God's Word and received my deliverance from that fear. Okay, so uh, an attitude of fear, one of failure, you're not going to make it. Things are not going to go right for you. Why not put your attitude and have a fa an attitude of faith and believe that God is going to cause you to win? He says He gives you the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that winning? Yes, it is. Okay, then um, there's an attitude that will sink you and it's discouragement. Everybody has opportunities to be discouraged. You know, when I heard the, uh, a few times recently in two specific situations that things um, were not going to work the way, you know, that we were trusting and believing God and had our faith out for not a, a short time, but a long time. And, um, you know, you can get discouraged. But I chose, no, I'm not going to get down in the mouth. I'm not going to get discouraged. My attitude is going to be, my God will make a way. I don't know how, but He will make a way. See, I'm going to tell you, that means you have to change your mental outlook, your mindset. Because if your mindset, you could have been raised in a home. And inside that home, everything was negative. There was never anything positive. Never looking at the, uh, the, the side of blessing in, in the life or in the family. And it could have been that way. But you have to do something to overcome it. And the only, you can change your life. You can be in the middle of that. And all of your family never blessed, never experiencing the abundance of God. And they have chosen that through ignorance, or that's just the way they want to live. You can be right in the middle of it, and you don't have to be that way. You understand me? That can be going on in your family rampant. I'm telling you, in my family, now there's some of us that are serving God and know the Word of God, but many in my family, they probably look at me and they, they don't know what's going on with that girl. I knew her when. Well, you know, you better know me now because I'm sure different than when you knew me as a kid or growing up. And I'll be in the middle of it and I'm not, I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to fail in Jesus' name. I'm not talking, um, you know, and being haughty. I'm talking from my spirit man that's full of faith and believes God and has an attitude that my mindset is, God will put me over. God. How do you think God helped us to do what we've done in this church? If you could have been here 40 years ago, if you could have seen that, we had nothing. I remember a, a little old Baptist fellow that I worked with. And, you know, we left Knoxville, went to California. Eddie went to seminary there, and I worked so he could go to school, you know. And we got out there, and God said, come back. And so I did, and, and, and this little man, he was an older man, and uh, he knew that we'd come back. He had heard it. And so he called, and he said, you know what, Nora? He said, I've got a desk and a typewriter if it will help you all. And I said, you know, that would be the greatest thing because we don't have anything. We don't have pencils. We don't have paper. We sure don't have a place to meet, but bring that on over. We'll receive it and pray over it. And so he did. And so we got a desk 
And we got that typewriter and we started what we were doing. You know, and now look at what God has done. People come in here and they look at it and they think, oh my, you know, that church, you know, you know they're just well to do. What you're right, you got that right. We are well to do. <laughs> we are blessed people. God has increased us. But I'm going to tell you, it didn't come through an attitude, I don't know what we're going to do. God, you called us and now you've let us down. I don't know what we're going to do. No, it didn't come like that. It came through thick and thin, hard times, difficult times, when people were coming against us. We stood on the Word. We had the attitude that we can do what God calls us to do. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about things you, you start doing stuff and you don't know God told you to do it. We knew God told us to do this, and so we could have faith for that. Amen? I know a lot of people do things, and they want God to bless their plan. you got to get the plan of God, and then He'll bless it. Not the other way around. Okay, so we're still talking about these five areas that uh, will cause shipwreck to your attitude, fear, failure, discouragement, change, and complaining and making excuses. It will shipwreck your attitude. And some people, I, I tell you, um, I've told this story before, but when I was in high school, you know how it is with girls, you know, you just, you have friends and one has to come over and spend the night and then they all go over to the next house and spend the night, you know, it was all that. Had some good friends and good times. But one of those friends complained all the time. And they complained and they were judgmental and critical of everybody. And I just wasn't brought up that way. We, we just didn't do that. I mean, you look at somebody and you see all the things wrong and the negative. We, we just didn't, we didn't grow up that way. I, I didn't do that. But being around this girl, you know what? That thing will get off on you. And it did me. And I've had to fight that. I don't receive that complaining, judgmental, critical spirit. It'll kill your attitude, a good attitude. And you don't want that, do you? So don't be a complainer. We are people that must think differently and have a different mindset than the people in the world and even people in religion. Most uh, Christians do not know, or even if they did know, they would hear something like this, and they think, how ridiculous. No, it is the right way. And having the right kind of mindset is important. Now, you know the story that's in Numbers, uh, over there, Numbers 13. And if you get over there, you know, um, Moses spoke, and he told the Israelites, go over into this other land, and when you go over there, I want you to spy it out. I want you to see what's in the land. I want you to see the fruit that's in the land, the people that's in the land. But, but there's something in that first verse that's very telling. He said, go over to the land, now listen to this, that I give you. Not that I might give you, not that I'm going to give you. He said that I give you. In other words, it's, it is very revealing here. He said, you go over there and check it out. 
I've already given it to you and come back and tell me what you see. Now, all those spies, but two came back. Yeah, it's just like you said, milk and honey. Look at these grapes that we brought back. There's such a large cluster of grapes. It took two men putting it on their shoulders and bringing it back here. It's just like you said, but now here it comes, the mindset that the attitude is not what it's supposed to do. And what did he, they, they said, we are not able to do it. He said, they said, we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. Now, don't have a grasshopper mentality. Don't see yourself that way. You have to see yourself. What, Caleb, he rose up. He was a man, the Bible says in the next chapter, that had a different spirit. You and I need to be people that have a mindset that's different. Our spirit is different. We have an attitude, a can-do attitude that God is for us. And if He be for us, if He has given us this land, we are going to take this land. Some of you, God has given you a promise. He's told you certain things about your life. Don't give it away. Don't see yourself as a grasshopper and unable to attain don't see yourself that way, but see yourself like Caleb said, let's go over right now because we are well able to take this place. We're well able to do it. You see, his, he was a man with a different mindset and a different attitude. And you say, well, that's just mind over matter stuff. No, I tell you, it's word over matter. And matter is going to change when you put the word up there. Put it first, Amen. And so they were people that thought differently. They had a different mindset. And I'm going to tell you, successful people think differently. Well, that's for the businessman. That's for this one. That's for that one. No. Did you hear what I said? Do you want to be successful? Do you not want to be successful in your life about what you're doing, your service for the Lord, your purpose in life? I want to be successful. I don't make any bones about that. You know, that's not my whole life is I'm going to be successful, but it's a part of it. And as much as I can with the purpose and plan that God has for me, and I tell you, some of the purpose and plan that's in your mind needs to be expanded and needs to be greater because God's got greater things for you to do for Him. Amen. So we, if we want to um, have the success in life that we desire, that we want the success for your family, the success in uh, your um, livelihood, your work situation, you know, if you want it to be different, then you've got to have a different attitude. Amen? So successful people think differently than unsuccessful people. If you've been an unsuccessful person, change it tonight. Did you hear me? Change it tonight. Well, you don't understand. I'm retired. You don't understand. I'm getting ready to retire. I do understand. And I can understand that you can be successful and retire. And have a good attitude. 
I'm going to tell you, you get around people with a good attitude, others are drawn to you. Did you know that? Others are drawn to you when you have a good attitude. And I'm going to tell you another thing, and they run from you if you're of the navel spirit. Cranky, judgmental, negative all the time. They're going to run from you and don't, don't wonder why they don't want to be around you. People like a great attitude. Amen? Um, and John Maxwell said this. I really like it. He said, your attitude is the paintbrush of your mind. Your attitude is the paintbrush of your mind. Now, if you would, take your Bible and turn to Philippians 4. And uh, we're going to read 4 through 7 out of the Message Bible. And they can put it up as uh, we're going to read down through here. And I'm going to give you the picture through this scripture of a faith-filled life that has a great attitude, okay? And it's celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in Him. Make it clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side. Isn't that good? Working with them and not against them. Help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up at any minute. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Take those things that are heavy upon you that you uh, seem to, uh, you know, want to worry about. And instead of worrying, let those things ta be taken to the Lord and pray about them. Isn't that beautiful? And then he uh, goes on to say, Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. You see, you let Him know what your concerns are, but instead of getting negative and having a wrong attitude about it, pray about it. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness I'm telling you, this world and the church needs wholeness today. We're a bunch of broken people and we need the wholeness of God. Everything coming together for good. Nothing good ever happens to me. It's always bad. That's not what the scripture says. He said a sense of God's wholeness and everything coming together for your good will come and settle you down. Sometimes you get all up in the air. You know what I'm talking about? And you can be settled down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Now, we're talking about thinking correctly to keep your attitude the way it needs to be. Um, and when you think correctly, it can change a wrong attitude. Now listen to these things. I'm just going to go through in, uh, through this scripture, 4 through 7 of Philippians 4. The first thing to help you to change and live correctly with the right attitude and faith-filled life is celebrate God every day at every moment. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I just want to be a person that... All the good things that happen in my life, I give God praise and thanksgiving for it. Don't you? Celebrate God. 
Recognize him even in the small things of your life that other people may overlook or not even see, but celebrate him. Be thankful. And I, I want to be quick to thank the Lord when those small things or those large things, you know, they may even be greater things in my life. I'm quick to celebrate the Lord and give him thanks for it. Number two, we need to add value to people. We need to let them know, here he said, I'm on your side. We need to add value to people. And I'm going to tell you, this is very important. Instead of taking away, you know, here at the church, we have to talk to people and there's correction that has to be made. But, you know, we do not take that when, when we have to correct someone as, you know, okay, we're going to get our pound of flesh. No, we're going to help you. You're going to get restored and you're going to get right back on the right track. We need to let people know that we're on their side, not against them, even in times like that, you know? We need to stand with people. We need to undergird people. And we need to let them know that we are on their side and we value them. Number three, give God your concerns. If you've got concerns in your life, I know how it is. You know, you can just go along, you know, for a few hours and you're thinking about... Um, you know, a problem. You're thinking about something that's going on in your life and you just think it through and try to figure out, well, if I do this and well, if I go from that angle. You know what I'm saying? Instead of taking it to the Lord and giving Him your concerns, we go to God and give Him our concerns. And I tell you, that will help your attitude because you'll get positive real quick because you'll see that He cares about you and that he wants to help you. And you do it through prayer. Number four. Out of this scripture that we just read. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Experience the wholeness of God. And it's just like I told you a few moments ago. This world and the church needs wholeness. The people. And, and there are probably people in this room. Your life is broken. Your dreams have been crushed. Things didn't work out the way you thought they would. But I'm going to tell you, you can have wholeness in God. You could have gone through a lot of abuse. I mean, um, I've, I've been talking with some people about foster parents that are needed and how, you know, to get involved in that kind of thing. And these little kids, I'm telling you from the backgrounds that they come from, who would even think that a mother and a father that brought a child into the world could abuse and misuse and neglect and not take care of that little gift that was given to them? Uh, it's beyond comprehension. But so you got all these kids now. The parents are broken. The children are broken. There needs to be wholeness. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight, you can have wholeness through Jesus Christ. He wants to make us whole. And through that wholeness, you're talking about a great attitude. We can have a great attitude. Amen? We can have an attitude like Jesus. Now, if you go back in that same scripture in Philippians 4, we're going to read verse 8 and 9 still out of the Message Bible. It says, Summing it all up, friends, I'll say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things. Fill your mind and meditate. If you don't fill your mind, guess what? It's not going to stay empty. There's going to be things that come before your eyes, into your ears, 
into your life, touch your heart that shouldn't be there. I tell you, that's why, and I've told you before, I'm not turning on that TV or going to a movie and let it fill my mind with a bunch of garbage that I have to fight to get it out. I'm not doing that. You know, I've got up in the middle of things, and I've gone out to the desk, and I've told them, that's a horrible movie, and that didn't need to be in there at that place. You know, of course, they apologize. They don't have anything to do with it, but I want it to go forward into somebody's hands that it will make a difference in. Because I'm not filling my mind with a bunch of trash. And so you fill it with the Word of God. You fill it with the principles that are found in the Bible. Amen? So we fill our minds and we meditate on things, listen to this, that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, and gracious. The best and not the worst. The beautiful not the ugly, things to praise, not to curse. Put into practice what you've learned through me, what you heard and saw and realized. God, who makes everything work together, will work it into you, His most excellent harmonies. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. Okay, so we're continuing on how to think correctly and shape your attitude. And um, number five, fill your mind and meditate on true things. There's lots of things that are out there floating around, but what are true things? Can somebody tell me what true things are? Doesn't the Bible call the Word of God truth? Isn't that what the Word of God is? It is truth. Oh, there is no ultimate... Just get in our schools and you'll hear it. There is no thing as ultimate truth. That's relative. No, there is too. And that's why the schools and our whole society is in the shape that it's in today. Because they say there is no truth. And I say, and the Bible says, I say what the Bible says, there is truth. The Word of God is truth. You are clean through this truth. You are clean through the Word. Your mind is renewed and cleaned through the Word. Amen. The Ajax of the Spirit. I, you know how I am in cleaning. I love all that stuff. Get excited about cleaning. Isn't that something? So fill your mind, number five, and meditate on true things, which is the Word of God. Meditate on that. Think upon that. Not ugly things, but beautiful things. Think the best. You know, it's important to practice that in your life. Think the best of everyone. Well, it didn't. I thought the best, and it didn't turn out. It's better to think the best. I remember uh, just a few weeks ago, um, Eddie and I were going to go into a certain setting and situation, and and, you know, uh, there was a question, well, we don't know what it's going to be like when we get in that setting. They might, you know, not be open and they might not want to receive us. And um, so, but we said, no, we're not going there. We're going to think the best. And you know what? We got into that situation. It wasn't bad at all. It was a real blessing to us. And so we, you have to even make your mind think the best of people. Think the best in a situation, not think the worst. If it turns out not being what you wanted it to be, praise God anyway. Not for that, but praise Him that He is able to do what 
is needed in your life. Amen? All right. Let's look at truth. We need to live a dedicated life to the Lord, obeying Scripture. This is what we need to do. And this is what to expect when you do. The Lord will be on your side. The greater one will live big within you. He will be your healer. He will be your baptizer. He will be your deliverer. Amen? He will increase you. And now listen to this. You all need to write this down. I just saw this recently. Proverbs 8.21 out of the New Living. Those who love me, if you love me, you'll obey me. The scripture, those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasuries. I don't know about you, but I receive that. I don't back up. I don't serve God because of what he gives me. But when he has a promise in the word, you know what? I am going to receive it. Remember what I said, updated thinking, a different mindset? Some of you young people get a hold of this and it will change your life. Everybody get a hold of it, but I'm, I'm talking about you got a lifetime if Jesus doesn't come before you where God can do some amazing things in your life and work through you. But you know what? If you don't believe it, you won't have it. Well, I don't believe that. Well, I do because I read it from the Bible. And I believe, I agree, how can two walk together except they be agreed? If you're going to walk with God, then you've got to agree with Him. Not how you feel and not what Grandma told you, you know, 25 years ago. Because Grandma didn't have the revelation, maybe. Grandma was a good lady, but she didn't have the revelation. And now you do. But you've got you to receive it. You've got to open up your heart and you've got to receive it. You can, you can put up a barrier, you know, where the Word of God is coming forth, you know, and that light, those shafts of light are coming forth from the Word of God to penetrate and cause you to be the person that God wants you to do, be and experience life as the way He wants you to. Or you can put up that barrier and every time those shafts of light are coming to penetrate your heart and your mind, it just bounces off, just bounces off, bounces off. Don't sit under the Word of God week after week with your barrier shield up, repelling the light of God's Word. And it's just not in one way. It's how you act, how you treat people, the way you talk, all of that. Now, I don't know why I said that, but that's for somebody. You think you got God's blessing and you mistreat everybody and you're ugly and nasty and churlish. It ain't going to happen. Did you hear me? I said, it ain't going to happen. Sounds like Brother Hagin, doesn't it? It ain't going to. Okay, so that is a, a real scripture there to lay hold of. Ecclesiastes 10.2 out of the message. Now listen to this. Wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. You want me to say that again? Wise thinking leads to right living. 
Stupid thinking leads to wrong living. I want to be wise, don't you? The Bible tells us to pray for wisdom, to ask God for wisdom. Doesn't it say that? So we don't have to be stupid. We don't have to make stupid decisions. And if we do, you can have a do-over through Christ. Now, listen to this quote. The greatest discovery is that human beings can alter their lives. Isn't that what I've been saying? You may be here and your life needs to be altered. It's not going the way it needs to. Or maybe it's not like a lot of bad things are happening, but it's just kind of in neutral. You know what I'm talking about? I was driving my car the other day. Now, it's not a stick shift. I don't do that, okay? I don't do that. But anyway, I thought I had it in gear, and I'm trying to go, and it's in neutral. And I'm just giving it gas, and it's like nothing's happening. You know, your life might be in neutral. Put it in drive. That's what you're doing tonight as you listen to this. Put it in drive. Amen? The greatest discovery is that human beings can alter their lives, listening, listen to this, by altering their attitudes. You can alter your life by altering your attitude. Now, I'm going to tell you, you want to be successful in the workplace? You have the right kind of attitude. You have a mind that's been renewed by the Word of God. And when it comes time to work, you work. You don't, go, you don't come in late and leave early and not accomplish your task. Pile it on someone else. You do what you said that you would do and what you're supposed to do and what you're expected to do and have a good attitude about it, not complaining and griping what you have to do, but just doing it. I'm going to tell you, that attitude will get the notice of the people that you're working for, your supervisors and the people that are even above them. That's for sure. Amen? Because you have altered your attitude and have a good attitude. I'm going to tell you, if you do that as an employee, you are going to stand out. It's amazing to me. People think that they're hired and they just come and hang out. And they might do a few things. It's like, no, no, no. If you work here, you're going to work your little rear end off. <laughs> that's the truth. And that's what you should expect that. You're going to work hard. You're going to be diligent. You're going to have the right kind of attitude in the place where you work. And you will stand out. Oh my gosh, it's Monday morning. I dread going into this place. No, have, the, have a different attitude. I, get, I have a job. I get to go to work today. I'm going to make a difference today. I'm going to, I'm going to impart into somebody's life today. I'm going to make life enjoyable for somebody today. I'm telling you. Human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes. Proverbs 23, 7, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You know, let's just go back to the blessing and the curse. If you're thinking in your heart that you're not under a blessing, that God's mad at you, He doesn't care about you, number one, then you go to the Lord and repent for anything you've done that you think he might 
have that attitude towards you. But I'm going to tell you, that's not his attitude. The Bible says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So he's not repelling people. He's drawing them in. If you have genuine repentance. Though if you're, you're feeling like that, repent, get things right, and then get your attitude and your words and your thinking lined up together as you are the blessed of the Lord. You are highly favored of the Lord. That's who you are. That's who you are. And see, I'm not talking about pride. You don't, it's, it's immaturity that takes things that I just said and twists them and turns them and gets people full of pride. That's immaturity. When you understand that, you are humble by God's goodness. And you're humble to serve Him. And you're humble to serve others too. It's a privilege. Amen? So there's things that you think about and you will become. So you need to think about right things. You have to get wrong things out and right things in. Amen? Then Philippians 4, again, verse number 9. Um, you can look at that. Um, it, it talks about great attitudes possess a teachable spirit. That's the sixth thing. I'm not going to turn there because time-wise. Great attitudes possess a teachable spirit. Didn't Paul say, follow and listen to me and my instructions? Paul was a te the leader. He was the teacher. And he said, follow and be teachable. Listen to me. Uh, there's too many people that are know-it-alls. I know how to do that. You try to, you know, show some, somebody something. I know how to do that. Well, is that right? Well, I'm just going to step back and see what you know then. Be teachable. Be open. Be teachable on your job. If somebody needs something differently than the way you're giving it to them, and they express that, be teachable. Follow and listen to people. Amen? That's important that we do that. And, that, and, and Christians, we need to be teachable. It's just like parents trying to teach their kids and they know everything. Now, I know, I tell you, I was one of those. I, my, my parents, bless their hearts. But thank God, they disciplined me and made me do right things and act right. Because eventually it took, and it worked, but it took a little while because I thought I knew everything. Don't all teenagers think that they know everything? They know more than their parents. Their parents are old. They don't know anything. <laughs> Nobody relates to that. Well, anyway, I got that jerked out of me real quick. Okay. But when we're talking about being teachable, this teachability requires long, hard looks into the mirror. Long, hard looks into the mirror. We must see ourselves. We must take a look at ourselves. You know, if we're not a good parent, if we're not a good employee, if we need to improve here and we need to improve there, look in the mirror and do not deny what you see. Well, that's negative. No. Listen and follow 
and be teachable and receive from the Lord what you need to get you on the right track and keep you on the right track. Can you say amen? amen? All right, so we need to look in the mirror. We must be willing then, as we look in the mirror, to see ourselves. Oh, I'm beautiful. I'm just wonderful. I'm okay. You're okay. We're all okay. <laughs> no, when you take a hard look in the mirror, you will begin to see things that God wants you to see. And if you will recognize it, you will acknowledge it, He's going to bring you to wholeness. He's going to cause wholeness to be in your life. Amen? And then, like Paul said, we must allow others, the right people, to speak into our life. I don't give the right to everybody to speak into my life. You know, somebody was telling me about, at, you know, one of the small groups, and somebody come in and wanted to prophesy something. It's like, nope, nope, you don't do that. We don't know you. And not that kind of a word. I mean, you know, if it's like, well, today's going to be a beautiful day, praise the Lord. It's like, okay, you can let that go by. But when it starts coming into things that make a difference in somebody's life and impact them in the wrong way, no, no, we don't do that. So, you know, you have to speak into someone's life and you have to be able to say that. But, you know, you can say it. Well, I'm just going to get mad and leave. I guess you can. But it would be better if you have a teachable spirit. And when you look in the mirror, and when someone talks to you about something that really loves you and really cares about... You know, if people don't like you and they're trying to be mean to you, and they don't have a track record in your life, and they try to, you know, they speak things to hurt you, well, I don't listen to that. But, you know, that's why we all need the church community. We need our local congregation because the people love you there. They care about you. And so they should be able to speak into your life. And you shouldn't let your attitude get bad about it. Amen? Boy, I just tell you, we got the shouting going on tonight. This is an amazing statement right here. When we want to fix others, this may be the time that we need to fix ourselves. It's so easy, you know, the scripture even says it. You know, you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you don't see this big board sticking out of yours that's knocking everybody to the left and right. And see, isn't that the way it is? And when we want to fix everybody, fix ourselves first. And then if God wants to use us, then He can. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.